Hello, you guys. Good evening. Welcome back to Saved Not Soft. It is so amazing to know that you guys come back and listen each every other week. Yeah, that sounded right. That you come back here to hear God's word and hear me deliver this message. I'm very, very thankful today. Just kind of starting off the pod feeling really thankful and blessed and uh, highly favored, if you will. So uh, I'm very blessed that all of you guys are here. Welcome back. If you're a returner, if you're new, hello. My name is Emmy. I am the host, Emmy Moore. That is I. Uh, I'm so blessed that you are here, that you're listening, that God has led you here. Uh, We talk about so many different things on this podcast, and I feel like the past two ones have been kind of out of the out of the norm, but it's been helping a lot of people. So I'm still keeping it transparent and open. Uh, So we're going to continue pushing and just going through life together, y'all. I don't got everything figured out. I hope you know this is this is just me telling you what I've learned and what I've gone through. And uh, you guys kind of always tell me like I'm the bigger sister, which makes me feel so good because I, I actually am a big sister. I have two younger brothers and it's so nice to to see that I am like some sort of like big sister in the Christian world. I don't know, it just kind of makes me feel good. So thank you, God, for <laughs> for uh, the people who look up to you through me. I guess uh, it, it's it's been such a blessing. It's been such a joy uh, to experience this. Uh, but welcome to Save Not Soft. What is Save Not Soft about? This is not an easy walk. This is a hard journey right? How do you navigate the Christian lifestyle? This this podcast is to teach and to help and to be transparent and open and how to navigate the Christian lifestyle. It is hard. It is not soft. It is not easy. This is something complicated and we need to help one another. We need to uplift one another. We need to love one another um, in, in this walk. And that's what we're made for, to love each other in harmony all together, to to give glory to the body of Christ. So here we are. Hope you guys had a great week. I really have been praying for for all of you. Um, I want to open this up in prayer real quick, and then uh, we'll just get into what God has put on my heart and on my mind and my everything uh, these past two weeks. So let's uh, join in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that One, you just give me wisdom to speak and the confidence to speak that give me wisdom, you give me clarity, you sharpen my tongue, that whatever will be said, it's for your will and not mine, that this is a platform that strictly glorifies you and not me and not anything flashy, flashy. God, I pray for the other person on uh, the other side of the screen that they are in a posture to listen, to hear, to open their ears to be attentive, to listen. I pray that we don't go into this conversation with preconceived ideas of who you are and preconceived theology. God, give us fresh eyes, give us fresh truth, give us a new revelation or confirm things. We just know that you're good. And Lord, we're trusting in your goodness that you are going to show up, that you are going to be exactly who you say you are. And we trust you and we love you and we can't wait to hear what you have to say, Father God. So we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with me, y'all. I feel so much better when I open up in prayer because it really allows God to jump in the conversation. And I do 
And I do pray before I actually press the record button, but it's something about like praying with y'all, even though y'all are not like physically here with me. It's like, I feel like when I record myself saying a prayer, it's like, I feel y'all saying it with me. That sounds so weird, but that's, that's how I feel. It, it really gives me a shift in my mindset in, in the way I come on here and say things. I really do believe whenever I just hop on here and pray, Oh, there's like a weight that's just taken off. Um, kind of want to give you guys an update of what's been going on how God's been moving in my life and what he just did this past week because it was so crazy and it lines up with exactly what I wanted to talk about um I was going to talk about I talked about this last week I was going to talk about gossip I'm putting that on hold um because I I'm diving deeper into it and uh God just wanted me to put the stop sign on it so we're gonna listen to God but uh I want to tell you guys first what God has put me through this week. As you know, if you listen to me religiously, uh, the last like month has been kind of dreadful <laughs> and spiritually. Uh, well, one, freeing. Two, um, confronting. I had to confront a lot of stuff I didn't want to confront. And I had to be freed from stuff I didn't even know I needed to be free from. And let go of things that I was scared to let go of. God has just been transforming me. He has been renewing me. He has been seeking life into me. It, it's been amazing, but to confront it is hard. But thank goodness I got the spirit with me. Um, and this week was a complete turnaround. Um, like completely. I, I feel like I'm just way more hungry for the Lord. And I'm pursuing him and looking to him and like, oh, I want to learn. I just want to excel and exceed and just, you know, like, get more sanctified, get more holy. I just have a bigger desire to, to be like him, but not to be him, but to be like him. Uh, and, and, and this desire is back, which is something I've been praying for. And I'm very, very blessed. And something cool that God did this week was, uh, I had a really bad day one day. It, it's just like, I woke up bad. Like I just woke up and it was like, Nah, I started going to Pilates because uh, I take Pilates every day. And I started going to Pilates at 6.15 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And my biggest pet peeve in the whole entire world is for somebody to talk to me as soon as I wake up. Like, if you talk, I need 10 minutes at least. And uh, I, I woke up, somebody in my household talk to me as soon as I woke up and I, I got irritated. My pet peeve was just like, Rah! and I know why I get irritated by that. It's a deeper issue. That's a different conversation and something I need to chop through with my therapist. But, um, I got irritated, went to the gym. I was just like, Rah! just hate this day, whatever. And, uh, I was tired at my workout and at my class and then Pilates and then the gym I was just tired. And then came back to the crib and, um, one of my, one of my family members really got me angry that day because of just something that happened. Um, and I was really just angry, just angry, angry, angry. And then later that day, uh, I couldn't have access to any of my money because my bank ended up switching or my bank got bought from another bank. So I, I wait, I shouldn't tell y'all who I bank with. I bank with a bank. That bank got sold to another bank. 
Okay. So um, I didn't have access to any of my money and I needed money <laughs> because I needed to live and to do things, to put gas in my car and to eat and to get groceries. And I had a nail appointment that day and I had to pay for it. And I had to go to the bank. I waited in a dang line for an hour and a half just for them to tell me, can you come back two hours later and we'll set up an appointment? Because I go and I'm like, what's going on? I don't have access to my money. And they're like, well, it says you're a thousand dollars in debt. And I'm like, hello, I have money in my account. <laughs> I very much so have money in my account. And it wasn't my, it wasn't my savings. That wasn't, um, that wasn't a debt. It was like my checking. I was like, uh, I definitely have money in my account. Uh, and she's like, well, we got to set up something with like a teller, one of the bank associates. So come back in two hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, she made an appointment for me. I was like, cool. I go there. So I was already at the bank for like an hour and a half. Right. So this day is just full of like anger and just other stuff that's just been going on. Uh, not how like one small inconvenient thing happens. And there's just like little things on top one of another. And then you're just like, ah, I hate life. <laughs> you know, That was me last week. That was me on the specific day. And after I was at the bank for an hour and a half, I came home on this very couch Y'all think this is in my studio, this setup? I'm in my room. This is my room. Like, my bed is right across from me. My my bed, I sleep right there. But during the day, I'll sleep on this couch. So you'll hear me talk on this. But in the middle of the day, I take little coon naps on this thing. And I come back, and I lay down, and I was just crying. I was exhausted, spiritually, mentally, physically. I was just like, God, I'm so angry today. I am irritated that I don't have access to my money. I'm irritated that I had to wait in line for that long. I'm irritated with this family member that they keep doing this, that I feel this way. And just like digging up a lot of old stuff, a lot of new stuff. It was just like my mind was just frantic. Uh, And I hate that my mind is the type of mind that when one thing happens it's like an onion and it just unpeels all the underlying problems of it so it's like I'll get angry with something and the reason why I get angry with this is because when I was five this happened to me and do you get what I'm saying so it unravels like all of this stuff and I just sat here on my couch in the presence of the Lord and I was about to fall asleep because I was like I could only take like a 40 minute nap and I needed a nap because my head was hurting from the immense amount of thinking I was going through and I was laying here And I said to the Lord, I said, God, I'm stressed. I'm angry. I'm upset. But I'm so blessed. I am so blessed for the life I live. I'm blessed for the people in my life. I am blessed for what you've done for me. I'm blessed for you. I'm satisfied by you. And I know that I don't feel good right now. But I know that no matter how bad life is for me, that you're always doing something for my good, that you were always fighting for me. And some verses I keep in mind is Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, there we go, (laughs) Uh, 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So I'm thinking of this. I'm like, you go before me. You don't forsake me. You fight for me. I will go before you. And will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. Isaiah 45, 2. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. 
again, Deuteronomy 130, Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I'm thinking of like all of these verses, like while I'm sitting and I'm, I'm like pissed off and I'm mad, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, I'm still blessed though. Like, yeah, I didn't have access to my money today. Yeah, family member got me ticked off, but I'm still blessed. And because I know you, God, I'm going to trust that in the midst of my suffering, you're still working for my good and you're still fighting for me and you are still going before me. And I just told God, I said, I don't I don't doubt your goodness. So, God, I'm, I'm trusting you that when I close my eyes, you are working for my good and for your good, most of all. And I'm saying this all to God before I hit the hay for about 40 minutes before I take a little nap. And I go to sleep and I wake up and I go on my phone. And the first thing I see is from my manager. Side note. Um, I think a lot of people get confused on like what I do for work because um, I, I don't know. I feel like the people who are really like loyal, I feel like we should have like the, a name for like the people who be coming on this podcast a lot, like the returners, like not the saved the saved no everyone or not everyone saved but you know what I mean I don't know let me know what you guys think if because I know like Tim Ross his um he be calling his gang the the dwellers I want to have something so I could refer to y'all by a name but y'all who religiously come back I feel like you guys know um me but I feel like a lot of people get confused on what I do um, I've been a content creator for five years, so I do everything, basically an influencer. I do all things like fashion, lifestyle, beauty. I make videos for that. I'm a model too, so I'm signed as a professional model and I'm signed as a content creator. I have a management. I have a whole team. I'm signed with a whole agency. So um, I think that's why people are like, oh, how do you do all this stuff? And why do you like I- I've been doing this for years, y'all. So um, if you get confused as to why I post pictures of only myself on Instagram, it's literally because it's my job. <laughs> so Loki just wanted to put it uh, up there. So my manager texts me and uh, she said, hey, I got a really cool opportunity for you next week. And it ends up being a brand trip for me to go to Malibu, like literally have like a staycation. And it is fully funded in a five-star hotel right on the beach. I'm like, dang, this is so cool. With the brand, a girl's first little brand trip. I said, okay, bougie. I was like, what? Look at God, right? So God does that for me. I like, I go to sleep. I'm like, God, I just know you're going to do something good, right? And I didn't doubt him. And then I wake up and it's like, God's like, here you go. And I believe God did that. Like when, whenever I received that text from my manager, I was just like, thank you, God. You're just so good to me. You're just so good to me. But what God showed me was he said to me, he said, thank you for trusting me. Like when he, when I saw that, it was just like, I I felt this joy from the Lord that I, I felt his joy that I trusted him. I know he was so joyful by me not doubting him in the midst of my suffering. And and I'm not saying like, oh, when you're suffering, be happy and not doubtful towards God so you could get something back. It was just 
I just knew God is so good. And I didn't expect anything except for his goodness. Because God is good all the time. And I didn't know what that goodness was going to look like. But I trusted in it. And because of it, God showed the evidence. Because if you don't trust something, you're not going to see the evidence of it because your ignorance is going to blur it. You know? But I, I really analyzed that and I was like, God, that was really the first time I didn't doubt you. Where I've audibly said to you, I trust you. Like, I, I really trust you. And I, and I think because of what I went through this past month, it, it has changed so much with how I see Jesus and the way he's moving and, and why I need to trust him. So whenever I say, yo, I trust you, I do not doubt you, and he showed the fruits of it, it, it was a lot easier than I thought. And what's funny is the, the next day, uh, I, I end up going back to the bank to the appointment, and I got all of my money stuff figured out, so I had accessibility to my money again, thank God. And then um, after that, uh, I went to sleep, woke up the next day, and I'm at the gym, and I get a call in the morning saying, hey, like there's an opportunity for you to go to this Transformers movie premiere. And I went with my friend Danny. She's also signed with my management. And that was just kind of like, God's like, oh, you think I'm good? I'm gooder. <laughs> I'm the best. And God was like, I'm a double it. I feel like when God be doing stuff in my life, he just doubles it. It's, it's just so funny to me. He was like, yeah, you see what you got going on right there? Double it. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just so good, so good. So really cool stuff is coming up. Uh, I just went to that movie premiere, uh, gosh, what, two, three days ago? And that was amazing. That was awesome. I just thank God for that experience and what he did. That was so, so cool. So that happened. And then uh, I leave Tuesday, the day that this is getting posted. Uh, I go to Malibu with Jouet and I'm with them uh, for two days. Then I come back and then I have to go back out to L.A. for another event. I'm just busy. <laughs> Shout out God, though, because uh, I'm very, 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 very blessed. Very, very blessed. Why do I share this story, though, is because I really want to highlight on God's goodness and how we need to lean on it in the midst of our suffering. And I've done that a few times, but I really do believe this is the first time there wasn't an ounce of doubt in my mind. Not a single ounce. I feel like there's been times where I've been like, okay, God, I trust you. But there's this like fleshly doubt that resides. But there was something so different about this time when I trusted God because it was just with everything. And it felt easier. It felt a lot easier. And... In the midst of my suffering, I was still able to remember God's character. Even in my suffering, God is still good. And this was just a little inconvenience. And when I look back on certain areas and times in my life, there was things I was going through, and yet God was still good to me. God was still good. I want to talk about God's goodness today. Because we cannot forget that God is good. Because the second that we forget that God is good, we become legalistic and bitter. 
The second we forget that God is good, we become prideful. And we think we're good. And there's a few questions that people ask who are either in the church or outside the church that God wants to answer. And he's using me to answer it. There's questions people are asking and there needs to be a clear answer on it. Like for an example, a lot of people ask, what does it even mean to be good? Right? What is, what is the difference? I feel like I've talked about this a lot on this podcast is that, you know, there's the truth, which is Jesus. And then there's the world culture. There's feelings, right? What, what do you think is true? Right? And to keep it a buck with you, if you do not believe that Jesus is the truth, I'm not going to even try to fight theology with you because that's the one thing you need to believe. If you don't believe in Jesus, then you're not going to believe in the truth. Simply. Everything that comes out of my mouth is going to be rubbish to you. So if you don't believe that, you might as well just click off because this argument wouldn't make sense to you. But if you do believe that Jesus is the truth, the way and the life, then that gives you a sense of what is right and wrong, right? I think a lot of people, um, not I think a lot of people go based off of their own morality. A lot of people think that what it means to be good is how they feel. A lot of people think, oh, whatever I feel, if it feels good, then it is good. Well, that kind of, isn't morally right because what if someone's a serial killer and they feel good when they kill someone does that make it good does that make it true or if someone who watches porn and they watch it and it makes them feel good doesn't mean it's good because every statistic will tell you that porn is terrible for you (laughs) scientifically and silent Scientifically and psychologically. So where do you draw the line with goodness? And who who is the standard? And what is the standard of goodness? Is it self-morality? Because if it's self-morality, then I could just say anything's good. And because I think it, does that make it right? Who, who says that I get to determine what is right and wrong? Like how I said, like, just because someone did something and it feels good. Like, I don't agree with serial killers at all. I don't stand them. <laughs> I, I don't condone murder <laughs> whatsoever. So if someone were to do something and say that it was for the good and they felt good doing it, Do I agree with that because it made them feel good? No, because my truth relies in Jesus. And I think a lot of people don't know who the heck or what the heck truth is, is because they don't even have a foundation of it. I feel like people are guessing truth. (laughs) People can't even define what a woman is anymore. This is kind of like off topic. I literally watched a whole documentary called What is a Woman? And people are like, a woman is a woman who 
identifies themselves as a woman. Well, what is that? <laughs> what is a like what is the thing that you're identifying with? It's like people are just making up crap now. <laughs> people are just making up stuff. And it's because they don't have a foundation. They are just grasping and fabricating ideas to make it sound good. How do you know what's good if you don't have Jesus? Because it sounds good or because it is good? What does it mean to be good? I, and, and I'm only asking these questions because if you do have a hard time evaluating what truth is, you need to, to think critically. You need to, to go to God with these questions and be like, I need to show, I need you to show me your goodness. I need you to show me what is truth, what is right, what is wrong. And God doesn't set up rules and legalisms to, to hold us captive, but only to protect us. Because we see how people are thinking a certain way that isn't biblically right. And their life is going to shambles because it felt good. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good. And facts don't care about your feelings, period. Why does God fit the standard to be good? Because we know that God is a source of goodness. This is if you believe in Jesus and that he is the truth, okay? God is the source of goodness. And why does God fit the standard? And it is because that God is perfect. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. And God's goodness is constantly consistent with his character. God cannot deny himself. He cannot lie. He is exactly who he says he is. And his goodness is constant with his character. Exodus 33, 19 through 20. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. His goodness is evidence to us. Even just that little story that I shared with you. God showed his goodness. What verse is it? And he says, um, even, even just the trees and the nature alone will prove the existence of God. Breath alone proves the existence and the goodness of God. And truth does not change. We talked about this. Uh, faith over feelings. Is that the episode? James 117. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. And truth does not change because God does not change. That is why he fits the standard. Because goodness doesn't change. There has to be an extreme high and an extreme low. You are either good or bad. It is black or white. This cannot change because this is the standard. Wickedness cannot change because that is the standard. 
There is goodness. There is wickedness. And we all fall somewhere in between that line. Because nowhere in scripture does it say human is good. What God created was very good. He calls us very good. But I'm not the source of goodness. I'm a product of it. But I'm not the source of goodness. There has to be a black and a white. It's good or bad. Goodness does not change. And goodness isn't based off of your perception. It's based off of your principles. And off of who God says who he is. I think the biggest question I get from people who follow me and are unbelievers and they'll come in my DMs and say something or they'll go on my comments because I'll say, you know, God is so good. Even just not even on my podcast page, even just on my like regular page. I'm like, thank you, God. You're so good to me. Thank you, Jesus. And they're like, if your God is so good, then why does all this stuff in the world happen? I know the Christians that are listening to this right now. They're like, oh my gosh, I be hearing that all the time. <laughs> I get asked that so much. If God is so good, then why does all this in the world happen? You think that's God who did those things? That's my question. So I'm just going to take something really extreme. So did God cause 9-11? Did God drive the plane into a twin tower? Was that God? No, it was a man. That wasn't God. That wasn't God. That was a man. So suffering happens. The acts of suffering is committed by us humans. But God also didn't create suffering. He didn't say, well, in this world... When when I formed the Garden of Eden of Eden and the heavens and the earth, when I formed all of this, the heavens and the earth, I'm going to design and create suffering so my people can perish. That's not what God designed whatsoever. If anything, we know that God says, I want my people to be free. I want to experience the love and the goodness that I have for my children and have them experience me. We know that God's, that God's, what, what's the word I'm looking for? That God's intentional desire to love us and for us to love him didn't come from, oh, I want my people to suffer. He said, I want to love my people as they love me. And when he did that, suffering was then created, not by him, but because it's a byproduct of how he governs the universe. So because that there is love and there is goodness and there is freedom, suffering has to exist. Because love cannot exist outside of the parameters of freedom. 
I cannot love somebody if I force them to love me because love is selfless. Love is not selfish. It is selfless. So I cannot control or tell somebody to love me or design them a certain way to love me because then I would not actually be experiencing true, authentic love. I would just be experiencing not even a relationship. Just pure manipulation. Instant gratification, self-indulgence. That's what I would be loving, something that's not real. And I, I wouldn't actually be loving it. So God can't do that same thing with us. God, God cannot love something that he, that he controls fully. Like God doesn't choose my actions for me. He has a will for me. But he doesn't choose what I do every day. He has a plan for me. I have the choice to follow the narrow path or to go with the ways of the world. I have a choice. God goes before me. He sets my path straight. But he doesn't force me to do nothing. I choose. And what's crazy is that he loves me no matter what. But God wouldn't be able to do that if we were all just robots under him. God wouldn't be able to do that. And he also wouldn't be able to do it. Not because God doesn't have the biceps to create a world that is perfect and everyone and thing obeys him. It's that he can't do it because it would be contrary to his very character you realize that there are some things that God cannot do. God can't do certain things. And it's not because he's not strong enough or he's not powerful enough, but because these same very things would be contrary to his very character. Like for an instance, God cannot lie. God cannot deny himself. God cannot change. These are all things that God cannot do. So when there is a world that is perfect, controlled, and manipulative, and we know that God is love, God is good. He does not lie. He does things for our good. This control, this controlled world that he would hypothetically make wouldn't even be contrary with his very character. Therefore, the world that we're in right now has to exist in order for us to inherit the perfect world. Because in order for us to experience true freedom and true love, there needs to be suffering. And suffering is absolutely essential to experience love. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin has entered the world through one man and death through sin, And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. You have to remember that God cannot sin. God isn't the one who's sinning and doing all these terrible things. It's us. We are not perfect. We are not good, but God is. 
it's us who sin, not God. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also had to come through a man. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. Love requires freedom. That's like kidnapping somebody and forcing them to love you. You think they're going to love you? <laughs> you think they're going to love you? They're not. So I, I'm tired of people saying, well, if God's so good, then why is there suffering? God is good because he's given you the ability to make a choice. And he's given you the ability to say yes or no. You have the choice. God is good no matter what. Who are you putting your trust in? And once you understand that in order for love and freedom to exist, suffering is essential. The quicker you will be prepared for suffering. Because it's bound to happen. And also, our God is risky. He took a risk doing this. Because he doesn't want us to perish. He doesn't want us to suffer. But he wanted us to be free more. He wanted us to be loved more. God wants us to be loved by him. And in order for that to happen, God had to take a risk and make us free creatures. That's a risk. Because his own creation will deny him. You don't think that breaks his heart? A God who is perfect and wanting to just love us and provide for us. And you don't think that when people deny that, it hurts him? How would you feel if you gave your all for somebody and they just dusted their feet and left? That's how God feels all the time. But yet, he is still good. He is still good. Mm -mm. And we know what God's direct will is for us here on earth. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So that is God's direct will. He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's not his goal. Suffering is not something that he intends. Like how we said, suffering is just a byproduct of how God governs the universe. Because God has given us freedom, we are bound to experience suffering because love cannot exist on that. Or love cannot exist, yes, <laughs> um, on the outside of the perimeters of freedom, right? So it is God's will that we do not perish, but that we come to repentance. And we know that this is God's will because what is the first thing that is being taught in the Gospels, that is being preached in the Gospels? John the Baptist is paving the way. For Jesus to come, and what is he preaching on? Repentance. What is the first thing Jesus preaches about on uh, the Sermon on the Mount? Repentance. That is God's direct will. Is I don't want you to suffer, but I want you to come to me. That's God's direct will. And we know that on this earth, God's will won't happen on earth all the time. Because of free will. Okay? 
bear with me when I say this. God's will here on earth won't always happen. Let's take this as an example. Do you really think God wanted Abram to sleep with Hagar and have Ishmael? Do you believe that was God's will? Because we know what God's will was. God's will was to give Sarai a son named Isaac and for God's son Jesus to come through the lineage of Abraham and Sarai. That was God's will, right? And what we see in scripture is that God did not intend that to happen, but still it did. So we know that God's will doesn't prevail on earth, but God's will will ultimately prevail because God said, I'm going to give your wife, Sarai, a child. You will name him Isaac and my son will be brought through this lineage. And it happened. There's been things even do you do you think it was God's will for Samson to lay his head in Delilah's lap? Do you believe it was God's will for David to sleep with Bathsheba? That was all of our choice. But the things that God did say, this will happen. God's will will ultimately prevail. Because we know at the very end, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So God gets the final say. God gets the final dub. So there's some things that could happen here on earth that you think could throw you off of God's path and what God has set up and what his will is. But at the very end of all of it, God has the final say. So God's will won't always go through here on earth due to sin and due to our free will and what we choose to do. But ultimately it will. Ultimately it will. And we know that, God, that God's will isn't for anyone to perish. Mm. That God's will isn't for anyone to perish. And God's will isn't for anyone to suffer. That can't happen here because we have free will. And we are in a world full of sin. But his will will ultimately prevail because one, he said it. And two, he gets the final say. So I will experience the promise of I will never endure suffering and God doesn't want me to perish. I will experience that once I'm in heaven. That is a testament to God's goodness. That is a testament to God being exactly who he says he is. And this scares people. I get this because people are like, well, I I don't want this to happen in my life. I don't want to face suffering. I don't want to face persecution. Why do I still need to go through stuff like this? And it's not God's fault. It's sin's fault. And as I got older and I got into like deeper into this walk with Christ, I had to stop being mad at God and start being mad with sin. Because God hates sin. So hating sin is actually righteous (laughs) because God hates sin. I could hate wickedness. We are allowed to hate wickedness. 
And I was passing through all this anger, this meaningless anger towards God. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this in my life? Why did you put this in my way? That wasn't God. That was the consequences of our disobedience. And people get so mad because they're like, well, I'm not Adam and I'm not Eve. It was going to be one of us. If it wasn't them. Even if Adam and Eve obeyed, even if they did, someone was bound to do it. Someone. And I think it's funny that the first creation does it immediately. Because it just shows us that we are completely weak and idiotic without God. (laughs) Completely. And I think a lot of people are scared to the idea of suffering because they don't expect it. Suffering needs to be expected. I don't care if you're Christian or not. There is going to be some things that hit you in the head really hard. There are going to be some things in life that pass by that suck. You need to be ready for that. You need to be ready for these times of sufferings. And a lot of people don't know how to handle suffering because they didn't teach themselves prior of what they should have done with it. Was your suffering a surprise or were you just unprepared? Because things will happen in people's lives and then they'll go to God and be like, God, I don't know why this is happening in my life. I don't know why I'm going through suffering. I don't know why this happened. Why, God, why would you let this happen? And we see a lot of people who are angry with the church to even know who God was prior. So when they experience suffering, they just immediately correlate it with God's character. And so they go, God, why'd you do this to me? Why did you put me through this suffering? Why did you? Why, why, why? I don't deserve this. And... These same very people don't know how these same very people don't know how to handle suffering is because they don't prepare themselves beforehand. There needs to be teaching prior suffering because we're all going to endure it at some point. And if you don't think you're going to suffer a day in your life, I'm sad to to inform you, but you're ignorant. Suffering is going to come into your life no matter what. It doesn't matter about what's going to hit you. It's about how you're going to respond. And we need to teach ourselves through the word, through God's word, how we need to endure suffering and look to him. And this is creating this toxic cycle of God insurance. That was like the second thing I talked about on my podcast when we first started eight months ago. People only go to God when they need him. And because of people's ignorance of unpreparing themselves to encounter suffering they go to god like god why is this happening i really need you in my life there's just suffering there's this i'm praying i'm doing all these things they go to god only when they need him when he's sitting there and he's like i gave you the quote 10 years ago this insurance plan was accessible 10 years ago and now you want to come because You crashed your car. You wasn't even supposed to drive it off the lot uninsured. 
but yet you did because you're prideful and ignorant and you're ignorant to the fact that you're not going to encounter suffering. But yet here you are asking for a plan and God's still going to give it to you, which is funny. But where does that make you lie? Where does that make you stand? How are you seeking God in the midst of suffering? Are you using God? Are you using him? Do you only look to him in times of need? You think that's what a relationship is? What if everybody got a best friend? I would like to think so. Everybody got somebody that they really love. Imagine if you were only talk to them once every three years. And when you did, it was when you needed something. Where do you think that makes me lie as a person? Do you think I got a relationship with them? Be intentional with the way you pursue God and the way you, you present yourself before him. Cause God could see right through. It's funny because people want to be like, um, I'll hear this all the time and I'm like, it it just makes me giggle because people are like, God knows my heart. (laughs) Sorry. I know so many people who say this. I'm low-key. I'm not trying to be petty. I'm just... (laughs) I'll like, I'll be like, because I'll ask people, I like to challenge people one thing about me and I'll ask people like, you know, why don't you go to church or... You know, why don't you pray as hard? Or why don't you uh, implement the word with your kids or whatever it may be? And, or do you, do you really love God? How's your relationship with him? Do you believe in him all that much? I'll challenge people, right? And people will be like, well, God knows my heart. And I'll just kind of look at them like, <laughs> God knows your heart. He sure does know your heart. And to think for you to be so prideful and ignorant that your heart is full of goodness is absolutely deceiving because it says in Jeremiah 17, 19 and many other verses of the Bible that the heart is deceitful and it is full of fleshly desires. So to sit here and to say, well, the Lord knows my heart. (laughs) He does know your heart. He knows all the terrible fleshly deceitful desires of your heart. If that's what you're trying to tell me to think that your heart is full of goodness is a lie because I'm not perfectly good. The Lord knows my heart. You best believe that's why he got to transform it. Doctors don't heal perfect people. Doctors heal the sick. And there can't be transformation if everything's perfectly in order. But no one has a perfectly ordered heart. Everyone has something that they struggle with, that they deal with, something that's happened to them, etc. So the God... Our God knows your heart so much that he's willing to point out the good and bad things of it. Suffering is hard. I can't sit here and tell y'all that suffering is going to be easy because I go through it and I hate it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's fun or tell you something that is willful. Because God doesn't want me to perish. God doesn't want me to suffer. In fact, even when I'm suffering, he's doing something 
to combat the suffering and the the persecution that I'm going through, right? In the midst of my suffering, God is always doing something good. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that suffering is is amazing, that it's going to feel amazing. It's not. I believe that suffering suffering can be a way of discipline, that it could be a way to give God the glory. No matter how bad the situation is. But do I believe suffering is intended by God alone? And he fabricates and makes things for us to suffer with? No. Sin is the culprit. I don't believe that God. We talk about heavy topics here. So trigger warning. I'm not going to. It's going to be for real. If you're sensitive to certain words. God does not intend for little girls and boys to be raped. God does not intend suffering in human trafficking. God does not intend genocide or terrorism. He does not orchestrate those things. Those are all consequences and actions of sin. Of evil and wicked people. That God despises. God despises those actions and those desires and he despises sin. And these people willfully choose to indulge themselves in evil and sinful desires. That is not God's fault. And the whole reason why we need a new world and why we go to heaven is so we don't experience these things ever again. And why we let alone don't even see it when we go to heaven. So God does not want us to enjoy suffering. But everything that's on this earth, suffering, excuse me, suffering, not suffering, glory, whatever it is, everything on this earth has the ability to glorify God. Because I think a lot of pastors will talk about like suffering and then be like, oh, well, it will give God the glory. That's not very comforting to tell someone who got sexually assaulted. And then you're like, well, God's going to get the glory. That's not God's going to get the glory no matter what. Whether if you went through that situation or not, God will always get the glory. What needs to be said is that God does not intend suffering. God does not design things so you could go through them specifically. And while suffering can produce fruits to give him the glory, it still wasn't permitted. It still wasn't his desire It was just the actions of sin. And this is why we see Jesus weeps with us and cries with us because he is just just as saddened by sin and hates it just as much as we do. So I, I think instead of gaslighting and belittling the sufferings that we go through, we need to recognize that Jesus actually sits in the midst of it with us and comforts us don't you forget that jesus has experienced everything that we've experienced it literally says in scripture scripture how god turned his head away from jesus jesus has experienced abandonment from god some of you guys might not get that you might hear this right now and you're like oh my gosh god's abandoning no 
this will be a different topic. That is going to be way too long for me to explain. I will pick that up another. But Jesus has experienced every single little thing that we've gone through, okay? And do you think in the midst of Jesus' suffering, he was happy about it? No. He was not. Good thing heaven don't got it. But sadly, it is something that we're going to have to deal with. But with the power of God, with his mightiness, with his sovereignty, with his mercy and grace, we are able to go through suffering a little easier because we have a foundation. And God's goodness is seen through his mercy and grace. And we cannot forget that God is good. We cannot forget that God is good. God is good and we are not. Simply, when I suck, he is good. When I decrease, he increases. He is always doing things for my good. And I think what gives me comfort in my times of suffering and the stuff that I go through is that his will will ultimately prevail. That God will always get his way. And because I'm his daughter, that he fights for me and he loves me. And I know who he is. And because I know who he is, I all I can expect God to do and to be is himself. And that's what gives me comfort is I'm designed to experience peace. I'm designed to be loved. I'm designed to be satisfied by the Lord. I'm designed to be called by name and to be his handiwork. That's what gives me peace. That's what gives me peace in the Lord. That's what gives me peace. So this week, I want you guys to take this conversation to God. He was here the whole time with you, holding you. And uh, I, I don't want you to just get off this episode and just act like you didn't hear this. I want you to go into the word. I want you to look at scripture. If I, I know a lot of you guys take notes. If you take notes, look in scripture. Things that caught your eye, research it. Look into it for yourself because you can't take my words for granted because I'm always going to mess up. Go into scripture and see what God's directly telling you. What are the areas in your life where you need to trust him with your suffering? What are some areas that you need to prepare yourselves in? Go to the word. Seek him. Seek him. Thank you, God, just for being here and loving your your daughters and sons, for loving me, for being so good, even when I don't deserve it. Thank you for being so patient with me. Because I can be so impatient with you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. I thank you for everything. I pray that 
that this is just a conversation to open up my intimacy with you, God. And I pray that the other person who is listening on the other side of the screen can grow their intimacy with you too, Lord. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, we love you so much. And we pray, amen. Okay, I got a few announcements. And then I'm going to dip on it. <laughs> it's hard to end messages because I feel like I hit y'all with a lot of stuff. And then I have to act like it didn't happen. <laughs> like it happened, it happened. Um, few things. Uh, if you feel led to tithe towards this ministry, there is a link down below for you to tithe. It's a cash app link. Um, if you can't give money, please give prayers. If there's anything that y'all can give me, it could be a prayer to God. I would highly appreciate it. Um, something I'm needing prayer in right now is just navigating this ministry. Um, I've been having really bad jaw pain, um, on my, on my left side of my jaw. I don't know why it's been hurting my head and the inside of my ear for a minute. Um, yesterday I had a really hard time just being resourceful (laughs) and being normal. Like I was out all day yesterday because of my jaw and my ear. So please pray for my jaw. I don't know what's going on. Um, just that God's using me, um, and that God continues to be uh good to me and pouring wisdom and clarity and understanding into me and god just continues to work in me and that he puts certain things on my heart whatever you guys feel led to pray for please pray for me that's the one thing i could really ask for um i'm always praying for you guys uh if you got saved from any of my episodes uh, there's also a link below that says I got saved. If you need if you need prayer, there's also a link that says I need prayer. So I hope to hear from you guys. I thank you guys for always coming on and listening and supporting me and loving me. And most of all, being disciples of Jesus and just pursuing him and following him and going out of your way to seek him every day. God is so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, but that means nothing. God is mostly proud of you and he is especially fond of you. I love you guys. I'll see you in two weeks from now. And I hope you have a blessed, blessed, blessed two weeks. Love you guys. Bye.